You're listening to the Batuta Advocates Weekly News Wrap on Desert Rock FM 96.5. Welcome back to the Weekly Batuta Advocate News Bulletin, recording live here from Desert Rock FM Studios, live in the Diamantina Shire, the jewel of Western Queensland. Uh, you're joined by myself, Clancy Overall, Errol Park, editor at large. How are you, Errol? Good, mate. I think the people of Emerald might um, take umbrage to that. I think because uh, they've got their namesake is is a jewel or a gemstone. Mm. They take umbrage to everything, really. They do. Anyway. Well, they're a bit high and mighty up there because they managed to figure out a way to farm cotton without pillaging the Murray-Darling Basin. Anyway, still haven't got an election called, have we, Clancy? No, no, no. Wendell, uh, that is correct. As of uh, recording this, Friday afternoon... We have not got a date for a federal election from the Prime Minister. Some might say that's because he's trying to um, let things settle down so he can come from behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, Horrible poll numbers at the start of this week across all platforms, all different pollsters are giving him, uh, you know, he's well outside the margin of error, looking like a loss. But there's also the other theory that he's so tied up in the high courts over uh, New South Wales pre-selections that, uh, you know, his own party's taking him to court. That could also be a reason. Because, you know, it wouldn't be a very good idea to call an election if you didn't have a candidate in every seat. It would be a particularly bad idea if you didn't have a Hillsong candidate who lacks critical thought and will do everything you say in every seat in New South Wales. So he's actually, he's playing a long game here. Well, then there's that other theory that I've been talking about with my friends on 4chan, that the Prime Minister's on a new dose of Prozac. They're just trying to get it right uh, in terms of the election. Uh, because... If he does call it on the 21st, it's the day after his birthday, so, you know, his last day of campaigning is his birthday, so he mm. might wake up the day of his kind of birthday and, you know, have a bit of air, egg on his face, as they say. Mm. A bit, bit of yeah. a sleepy Joe kind of thing. Is Do they think that he might be... Kind of, yeah. Well, like, uh, I'd say he's more like Hunter Biden because he's all tied up in that Hillsong stuff, you know. Mm. I think there's a bit of Scientology about that, you know, a bit of uh, like those eyes wide shut mm. parties, you know, that okay. real... Uh, Plastic bedsheet type shit. Um, yep. Yeah, right. All, all, all that stuff. Um, well, look, it should make for an exciting. Yep. It's good to know what they are saying and it should make for an exciting six weeks, uh, regardless of what it's they're gonna saying. Be, I it's going to be a fucking long six weeks. The campaign's basically been called, even if the election hasn't. What's the first story at the gates today, Wendy? Well, you're talking about those poll numbers there. He might be getting a haircut uh, in terms of his pay in six weeks' time, but it's a haircut that he's got this week that has caused headlines. Scott Morrison has ordered the Parliament House barber to tune up his fade in an effort to win back Lebanese voters. Yes, it's been a massive week for the Prime Minister. We've already had quite Australians berating him in pubs in Newcastle. And, of course, as we mentioned before, the the dramas with the New South Wales pre-selection. But before all that came to a head, Scotty was making news because of claims against him that he was a racist anti-Lebanese bully. Yeah, talking about those comments from Michael Toke, the prominent Sutherland businessman who Morrison allegedly spread vicious rumours about to underhandedly beat in the pre-selection battle for Cook back in 2007. Yeah, he's piped up telling the project that Morrison told a lot of people that a Muslim couldn't hold the seat of Cook after all that stuff down there with the riots. So Morrison has been tasked with trying to win back plenty of voters who aren't that impressed with that level of blatant shit-talking and unabridged racism. Mm. Especially considering Michael Toke is a Maronite Catholic and isn't Muslim. So it's a double-layered smear campaign. You it know, is. Some would say that um, it's not a smear campaign to refer to someone who's Muslim. That shouldn't be something that offends you, but it might offend you if you are a Maronite Catholic Lebanese person. So uh, on top yeah. of that, uh, 
he, yeah, he's put him in the dodgy leb category. His words, not mine. Yeah. So Morrison's had to move quickly to win back those votes from the crucial Lebanese vote that decides a lot of seats in Western Sydney. So first up this week, he's actually ordered the Parliament House barber to square up his fate, asking for one that makes him look like one of those Lebanese boys in the NRL. Uh, yes. The Mitchell Moses. Or... Initially, he went Mitchell Moses, but he then asked to get it done even further to the Adam Dewey. The Adam, Adam Dewey. Dewey. Fade, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, Mitchell Moses was a bit too wavy. He wanted mm. he wanted that that real, you know. The hectic fade. The Arab, yeah, like Arab Sydney boys. You yeah, know, yeah. like there, And there were a lot of different things he did throughout the week to win over Lebanese voters. He ordered that all com cars be replaced with dual cab jet black Luxies. Smoked a lot of shisha as well. He was smoking shisha. And he started supporting the Bulldogs, his third NRL club. Dogs of War. Now, he got another bunch of voters offside a few days after that and was forced to try and win them back over. That's what our next story is about. It's about a feminist ally, Scott Morrison, spotted dancing in between a friend and a creepy guy on the dance floor late on Wednesday night, I believe it was. Yeah, not something I expected to see from the Prime Minister, if I'm honest with you. But after telling journalist Lee Sales that he intervened at his party's pre-selection dramas in New South Wales because he was standing up for great women in his party, the Prime Minister took his advocacy one step further. Yes, initially feminist ally Scotty began complimenting his colleagues' outfits and offering to pick them up some sanitary items, sanitary napkins, flood stoppers, I believe is a term he used, from the grocery store. But he took his allegiance to the women in his party to the next level. When he was enjoying a boogie with some girlfriends in Canberra, the Prime Minister apparently shimmied aggressively in between one of his close female friends and some creepy guy who was just not getting the hint. Yeah, gross. Sipping the last dregs out of a Voddy lime soda from a faded red plastic cup, Morrison told the advocate, when you're out with the girls and creepy entitled pieces of shit start getting ideas, it's on people like me to step in and help out. I don't know where some of these guys get off. Now, change of pace, and we have a story about the state of housing prices. Millennials struggling to get into the housing market have been advised to bring back heroin into the suburbs. Reverse gentrification is being called, with the median value of Australian property, including both freestanding homes and units, currently sitting at $740,000. Young people who are priced out of the property market are contemplating resorting to dirty tactics in order to get their own slice of the Australian dream. Yes, it's a guerrilla activist group known as Brownstone Home Lines who say if they can get a few tweakers in between people's houses, it might deflate the housing bubble a little bit. Lord knows it kept it nice and stable throughout the 90s when heroin was big. Well, it is an interesting idea. I think it's probably a bit more effective than the one Wendell's younger brother did uh, back in 2018 where he put his Land Cruiser through a peloton of cyclists because he didn't want them in his suburb. He thought if the cyclists moved in, then then up would go the property prices. Well, it starts with the coffee price goes up when the cyclists come in. Obviously, he couldn't because he went to jail, but his wife True. picked up an extremely cheap terrace house straight after that. But he did say the sound of the bodies and the bikes that were bouncing off the bull bar, it sounded like a gamelan, which is a... I believe it's a, a lot like a xylophone. Yeah, sorry, Mum, if you're listening to this. I know that's going to bring up some memories, but let's move on quickly. Now, finishing up the week with some entertainment news, and the fantasy of living in the Victorian era high society has been ruined for a local woman as she remembers that they all had syphilis and stunk like shit. Quite a graphic story, this one. I didn't know how this one slipped through the smut net that we have here at the Batuta Advocate, but this young woman who has binged the entire new season of Bridgerton, whatever the hell that is, 
has been brought back down to earth this week. Because if you aren't familiar with the show, that's, that's me, it's a modern day Pride and Prejudice, but with way more gossip, Wendell. And a lot of rooting as well, I think, Harold. Yep, lots of scandal too. I think I knocked the whole season over within 48 hours when I was home with Florona. But anyway, back to the main theme of the story. The we wrote, local Batuta Heights woman Jackie Grimley said she is coming to terms with the fact that the show might actually have taken a few liberties with, you know, the way they present this era and forgotten to mention that there was no such things as deodorant or condoms. So while the occasional love letter might have been nice and cute and romantic, Jackie says the fact that they would have all stunk like a sweaty fucking pokey room and the fact that they all had their genitals ravaged by STIs that people thought had, you know, at that point weren't spread sexually. They weren't tra- sexually transmitted. They actually thought they were something to do with religion. or, or Spread the by the Protestants, mm. that's what they were. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, the lack of hygiene and, of course, the, uh, the STIs or STDs, whatever you want to call them, actually uh, has put an end to the fantasies. For now. For now. Yeah, I don't know who Jackie has been seeing, but I would say plenty of the blokes that I know who are single actually fit that bill. So They stick not... like shit and they have STDs? Yes, so I'm not really sure. Where she's finding people who don't live like that. Yeah, I mean, not in our town anyway. Victorian era society or just modern day Batuta? Very similar demographics, I guess. Yeah, you know, when this story came out, I thought it was actually referencing the state of Victoria because that's how I imagine they live down there. Mm. In that fucking place. Not particularly hygienic, which is why they're the lockdown capital of the world. Yeah, because of their hygiene. That's enough from us this week. Thank you for tuning in. I'm uh, Clancy Overall, Errol Parker, Wendell Hussey. Thank you for joining me. Uh, it's been great. Hooroo. Go well. Ciao. Thank you.